everyone, and welcome to My Father Before Me, the podcast where a Gen X dad forces his teenage son to watch the movies that I grew up with. I'm Brian Perillo. I'm Connor Perillo. And uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Been a bit of a, of a journey. Been about a month since we recorded episode two, Con. Ooh. Yeah, a month, man. I've been busy. You have been. Connor is end of his sophomore year approaching, and... Uh, more homework than ever in the school year, surprisingly. Yeah, I'm like, can we do the podcast? I gotta study, Dad. I gotta study. So many tests. Oh. And the finals are coming up. Oh, boy. I can't wait to... to. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta take, like, a film studies class, Con, and then you can... They have an elective. I can't next year, because I'm already doing so much stuff, but maybe senior year. Yeah, okay, maybe senior year. Um, Let's see. Uh, I do want to give uh, our contact info. You can email us at beforemepodcast at gmail.com and of course come and discuss uh the podcast on our facebook page my father before me uh podcast uh if you just search facebook you can find us there got a few emails con and and um nice. uh, messages about our last episode uh where we talked about major league yeah a classic baseball movie um someone's wrote this uh, steven wrote in con and said that um, the plot of Major League is almost the exact same plot as Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Well, think about it, right? That the when the um, the owner of the team gets divorced. Oh, yeah. And and, and, and she wants the team to lose, right? Yeah, they so want she, them to lose. So, yeah. She hires Ted Lasso. So I uh, kind of interesting. I mean, when he wrote it, it was like, oh yeah. I guess it kind of is Major League. I can kind of see that. Yeah, it's the same thing, right? And then, of course, he wins her over and everything, unlike in the movie. Although someone, uh, um, I, I think it was catch An- up on Ted Lasso. I haven't uh, seen the what was it second season? The new season's out. I yeah, think. Yeah, third season's out. I haven't even finished the second one. Oh, I finished the second season. I love that show. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it was Anthony who wrote in and said, you know, there is a deleted scene to Major League. The original ending of Major League actually had a scene where the manager confronts. Uh, the owner of the team, and, oh. and she said, it turns out that she was not really trying to make the team lose. She says, I was just trying to kind of motivate all of you, and, and obviously it worked. No. Yeah. It would have been terrible. It would have been terrible. <laughs> I thought the same thing. Like, much better the way it ended, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, anyway, yeah, I'm glad they cut that. It said, apparently on the wiki page, it says that the test audiences hated that ending, so they got rid of it. Yep. That sucks. Um, also, I thought was interesting, um, um, I think it was Stephen again, posted on our Facebook page, the 10 best baseball movies. And I forgot to source this, but someone posted the 10 best baseball movies, some website, and Major League was number 10 Ooh. on the baseball list. Real quick. What's above it? Number nine, Everybody Wants Some from 2016. I've never seen that movie. Never seen I it. never heard of it. Never so heard it either. sounds like we have a new baseball movie to watch. Huh? Number eight, The Sandlot. Classic. Number, number seven, The Natural. Uh-huh. Number six, Moneyball, one of your favorites. That's low. Number five, Eight Men Out, which I like, but is a little high there. Number four, Field of Dreams, which I would have put number Still one. Still low. The Pride of the Yankees is number three, old school, what 1942. The? A League of Their Own, okay, a little oh, overrated high. at yeah. number two. Uh, and Bull Durham, I, I I can't. I don't know that I can argue with Bull Durham. I love Bull Durham. That's a great movie. I don't think it's number one. Uh, when's the last time you saw Bull Durham? Two years ago. Oh. Field of Dreams is one. But you've seen Bull Durham multiple times. I was thinking maybe we should do that up that for the show at some point. Well, I think I've only seen it like one time, maybe right. two. Maybe, maybe Bull Durham's on the list. Field of Dreams we should definitely do, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Classic. But, but you've seen that one a lot, I think. Field of Dreams? Yeah. Good three or four times. Yeah, okay. So maybe, maybe not. Anyway, um, 
anything else, Con, before we jump into uh, today's movie? No, let's get into it. Yeah, really excited. So, um, you know, we've talked about before, Connor is a big uh, Marvel movie fan. Yeah. And uh, not so DC movies? No, not really. I mean, most of them have not been good. Maybe yeah. there's been one or two in there. that were Aquaman good. was pretty good. So no. was Shazam. Yeah, the first Shazam. Yeah. I, I, know I haven't we, seen the second one. We never saw Shazam no. 2. We never got to the theater to see that. Wonder Woman. The first Wonder Woman was good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but anyway, not a huge DC movie, but still. I heard The Flash is going to be really good. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not, I'm not, not buying that yet, but maybe. <laughs> um, so we decided that um, for today's movie, we're going to do really the original superhero blockbuster, and that is uh, Richard Donner's Superman the movie. 1978. That's the one. Yeah. Um, just a couple memories about So the first couple movies we did, I would say to you, I don't remember really seeing them for the first time as kids. I remember sort of just growing up and seeing them on HBO, both Breakfast Club and Major League. I don't... Now, Superman, I was young when this came out. I was, I'm was i born in 74, so I'm four years old <laughs> when Superman came out. Right. Wow. So I don't really remember a lot of it, but I do remember... I do remember it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I remember my dad, um, maybe it was like my fifth or sixth birthday party. This was before we even had like VCRs and uh-huh. we would go rent movies. My dad rented a, a like a film projector, like an old school big time film projector like they would do at the movies. And, and one, one of my birthday parties, he showed clips from Superman the movie. Oh, in my cool. basement with like a film. It was like a big deal at the time. It was like, ooh, yeah. we have like a movie in our house, <laughs> right? Um, I don't know where he got it or anything, but I do have a very early memory of that. Um, that said, this movie, um, for me as a kid, I don't know. It didn't, uh, as, and I was a big superhero fan as a kid. I, you know, I watched Saturday morning cartoons and a lot of those. Yep. You know what Saturday morning cartoons are, yeah, right? Yeah, it's just the little like short stories. Like, with, like, no, I got it. Do you? I think so. I don't think you know what Saturday morning cartoons are. <laughs> it was like, these no, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> so when I was a kid, it was like, remember, we didn't have like the internet. <laughs> yeah. And we didn't have, you know, we didn't have the Cartoon Network even. Like, you know, uh-huh. so you didn't have like a channel. If you wanted to watch cartoons, you just put on the TV. We didn't have on demand or anything like that. So you had to watch shows when they were on. So that's funny, right? Yeah. Well, well, you can't even like, imagine living I in that would one. hate that. <laughs> yeah. So you had to watch whatever they put on TV. So cartoons were only on after school and on Saturday mornings. So, um, you know, it was a big thing as a kid. You would wake up early Saturday morning and Connor's looking at me right now like, he, like what are you talking about? You would wake up early Saturday morning and you, and you got like, you know, all morning there were a ton of different cartoons. And, like um, what? Well, uh, like, I mean, gosh, there were a million of them. But one of the big ones was Super Friends, which was all the DC characters, superheroes. And that was a big Saturday morning cartoon Uh that I loved as a kid. And it really started my lifelong, um, you know, probably fandom. Wow. Eventually got, this is before I read comics or any of that. But um, so Saturday morning cartoons were huge. You'd get like a bowl of cereal and you'd sit there for four hours. Four hours. And your parents never said anything because it was the only time of the week. It's not like we were watching cartoons all day. Uh, come eleven o'clock, maybe noon, the cartoons were over, and like you had to go outside and do something because, like, that's what we did in those days. Uh huh. 
you know, so you sort of had like four hours to yourself to kind of watch cartoons. Okay. I mean, I don't really like that. No? Four hours a week. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But that like four it. hours straight? Like maybe I want to spread those hours out. Spider-Man, His Amazing Friends was the other one I used to watch, which All was right, Spider-Man. Spidey. Yeah, Iceman and Firestar, Dungeons and Dragons. There were a lot of great cartoons uh, on back then. Thunder no, the Barbarian. The, we just, we got to talk we about saw, that. Oh, that's right. We saw that movie. Anyway, I, don't, I got off track quick. Saturday morning yeah, cartoons. I was into <laughs> superheroes. Superman the movie, I was like as a kid, and I was young again when this came out. It was kind of slow for me. Did everyone know who Superman was? Yes. That's a great question, and we'll talk about that in a second, but let me finish this thought. Okay. Um, I felt like it was kind of slow, and I think for whatever reason, there weren't enough action scenes. And I remember like the Lex Luthor plot with like yeah. you know realist. He wants like r- mm-hmm. more expensive real estate. I like I kind never of, got that yeah. until we just watch it now. Like, um, and, and even then, like I wanted to see Superman like hang out with Batman and fight you know Gorilla Grodd, and we just got him against like you know Otis, and you know, and it was a lot of times. So anyway. As a kid, you would you would have thought as a big superhero fan that this would have like blown my mind. I do remember being underwhelmed by this as a kid. That said, um, yeah. going back to watch it, I liked it more watching it as an adult than I remembered or thought I would. I probably haven't seen this movie in yes, 30, 35 years. I was about to say, years. how much have you seen this movie? Yeah, I mean, I used to see it again. Then growing up, then it was on and you would watch it. It was Superman. And so like, you know, I remember it very well. And I remembered parts of it. As we watched it, I still, you know, you kind of go right back in your head. You know, you watch a movie for the first time in a while, you go right back in your head. And I remembered lines and I remembered things. But I had, probably hadn't seen the movie in 30, 35 years, in all honesty. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I liked it more. So to your question, did everyone know who Superman was? So Superman was like, again, this is before Marvel got really big, right? So yeah. Superman, they had had like the old Superman serial movies. So, like, my dad was born in 1937. We get really into the generational aspect here of the podcast. My dad was born in 34. My dad was born in 34. Like, he grew up with Superman, and he remembered Superman comics, and they used to do these movie serials. Like, before, they used to do shorts before movies. So they would go to the movies, and this is completely on my dad. I I have no experience with this. But they used to go to the movies, and before the movies, like, we have previews. They would have, like, little shorts that they would play before the movies, huh. and one of them was Superman. They did Shazam, I think. The, so oh, that's like, cool. that yeah. was kind of my dad's exposure to superheroes. But I remember he, like, like, my dad was like, oh, Superman. Like, that was cool to my dad. Like, wow, they're doing Superman. Uh-huh. Like, he remembered Superman. So I feel like Superman was the popular superhero in the 70s, early 80s, until Marvel and Spider-Man and all that really kind of got going. Mm-hmm. Um, so to your question, I was thinking about that now, like you, today's youth, today's kids, like to you, like, how do you view Superman as a superhero compared to, um, you know, all the Marvel heroes you know about and Iron Man and all that? Well, when you think of a superhero, you think of Superman. I mean, he's definitely the, one of the biggest ones out there. So you still feel that way? Yeah. You still Super, think of It's su- like Superman, Batman, like Spider-Man are the main three. I think everyone thinks Okay, of. so, but you didn't grow up with any Superman. Like, what, what's your memory growing up with the character of Superman? Like, none. Right. So why do you say he's one of the main superheroes? I don't know. I just heard it around. I guess he's one of. The, I mean, he's the main one. You just. I mean, look, it's an iconic character. Yeah. You've seen him everywhere, right? I. I mean, I didn't even watch Man of Steel until like a couple months ago. And That's Man right. Of, oh, Man of Steel is the new. Is that the newest that's one? The, 
Yeah, and it's not very good. I can't even keep track of the the modern superhero movie, Superman movies yeah. now. It was the one with God. What's his name? I don't know. The famous actor played the villain. I can't think of him. Played Lex Luthor. I don't know if it was Lex Luthor. Whatever. Good we'll, memory. We'll forget about it. Good memory there, Kyle. Yep. Um, so anyway, uh, so I do remember being somewhat underwhelmed by Superman, but going back and watching it again, um, I kind of liked it. I, I, you know, what did you think overall? First time you've seen. Now this is other for this podcast. This is the first of the three movies that you had never seen before. Oh yeah, and I can definitely acknowledge it for the classic it is. But I mean, I just thought it was decent. Did it feel like you say classic? It is. Did it feel like a classic to you? Yeah, for sure. It felt like it started this whole thing. I think. Um, Like many superhero movies were probably influenced by this. I think. Yeah, I. When um, you think of the first Spider-Man, I think that's heavily influenced by this. Really, the first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. I can kind of see some similarities there. Maybe that's a bold take. No, I guess there is. Right. I mean, they both. You get the loss of the parents and. Uh huh. Yeah. Love uh, interest. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Very sort of um, very uh, iconic superhero story. Um, I we watched this movie both of us on HBO Max, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So a couple things I just want to say about. So there have been multiple versions of this movie, multiple different cuts. Like they had a TV version and things. I'm I, I, from oh, the best I can tell. The HBO Max is the theatrical version of this movie, mm-hmm. but it looks good. It must have been remastered at some. Oh, point. Oh yeah, I thought it looked. Really good for 78. Yeah, really good on HBO Max. Like, you know, very, and I'm sure this was a, um, uh, an intentional thing, but, you know, shot very bright colors yeah. in your face, beautiful Americana landscapes in the Smallville in Kansas with the cornfields and then the big city when he goes to Metrop. Very just big, over the top, bright colors, bold, in your face look of the whole movie. Yeah, I know, I agree. You agree, okay? Do, do you, like, uh, so wh- when you're watching the movie and you're seeing all this, like, what's your first? What is the first feeling you get watching Superman the movie? Were you like, well, I definitely thought it was older than it was. Like, some of the stuff was, I mean, come on, was like really bad. But like, what do you expect they do in '78? But I mean, what do you mean when you say some of the stuff? You mean special effects? Like, yeah, special effects. Sorry, shouldn't have said stuff. Interesting. Yeah. I thought the special effects were actually pretty good for the time. I mean, Superman some flying. Of them were, some of them were him flying with Lois was not good. <laughs> I mean, I would, like, oh my god! I, I think I have that. that in my notes. Like, this is terrible. So, I do remember it was like a big thing about like the, again. This is weird for you to understand because every TV show. Not even TV shows. Like you on YouTube videos, and they can make it look like somebody's flying now very easily. And back in the day, that was the big trick. It was like, how do we make people believe mm-hmm. that this guy is flying? It did look decent, and I thought it looked really good. Now you're right. There's the scene where he takes Lois flying, and they're just like just, somehow. Yeah. Well, this is like one of the weird things in the movie. His powers tend to sort of change and evolve for whatever the story needs. So yeah, like, like when he end- takes Lois flying. He just kind of holds her hand, and then she's sort of able to fly. <laughs> yeah, with one finger. <laughs> yeah, like I, so it's almost like he gives Lois the power to fly in that scene. Anyway, that was one of the slow scenes <laughs> to me as a kid. I was like yawning. Me too. Scene. I was like, how long is this going to go? I was yeah. like, this is bad. Not as much action. But again, you got to remember how much it cost to do special <laughs> effects back then. They weren't using computers. You're used to seeing everything computer-generated now. They weren't using computers. Everything they did, they had to do 
for real and kind of figure out how to you know hide the strings. What and, were they on wires? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, so this is what I'm talking about. So uh, all uh, special effects cost so much money, and and to make them look halfway decent were huge accomplishments back. That's why the Star Wars films are so beloved, right? Because George Lucas did the same thing. Um, so. Uh, anyway, that said, I thought the special effects overall were relatively good. I didn't realize, I will say, growing up, and I don't know if you caught this because, you know, watching it as a teenager, I didn't realize how much of a movie this really was about fathers and sons. Um, and that struck me watching it now as an adult, older adult and as a dad. Like, this is really about, the whole movie really is about his relationship with his lost father in Krypton and what the father mm-hmm. does for his son and that sort of thing. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I didn't catch on to that, but now that you say that, yeah. I yeah, it kind of makes it. sense. Uh, let's start with the beginning. We'll go through the movie a little bit, get okay. your, your your take as we go. Um, yeah. Starts out, actually, really with a really interesting opening. <laughs> Did you want to know my first note? Yeah. I literally wrote, I said, I'm, we must have been like five, ten minutes, and I go, what the hell is this movie? Yeah, I did not know. Like I was like... I was just confused. Well, the beginning's a little interesting, right? It starts out with a... Actually takes you into the comic book. It says June 1938, curtain rises. You have like a kid's voice. And of course, June 1938 is Action Comics, the first comic book that features Superman. So they they take you right into it. But it does sort of set the stage that you kind of know what world you're entering. It goes from black and white to bright color. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, what are we doing? And then we go to Krypton. Mm. And the Krypton is... uh, Now, it's funny... Almost like in my head, and and I feel like a lot of versions of Krypton since have taken from this movie. But again, having read comics growing up, like th- that's not how Krypton looked in the comics. They they designed it for the movie with these very big like crystal structures. Is it like that in the comics? No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Not, so they designed it for the movie. This was obviously the look they came up with. But it was weird. You kind of go through space. Was it the first of all the credits too? This was an old, old movies, old movies from the seventies and beyond. <laughs> the credits in the beginning of the movie used to take five minutes. They would put all these credits at the beginning. Yeah, they don't do that now. They take you right into the story. Mm-hmm. Right, most modern movies. But I did sit through the credits, watching the credits as we fly through space there for five minutes. Yeah, I watched the credits too. I didn't want to skip it, but yeah, I was like, well, what, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, it just felt like sort of a waste of time. Yeah, right. Yeah. So then you go to Krypton. And what did you think? So this is another thing that you won't understand because I didn't realize even until I just read it for this podcast, they filmed Superman 1 and Superman 2 back to back. Seriously? Yeah. And I didn't realize that um, because the beginning of Superman, when they're doing, do you remember they have those three criminals on trial? The very beginning of the movie, you you have Superman's dad and he's dealing with these three criminals and they wind up, remember what happens to them? They get stuck inside that glass, like, and they go like flying off and out of yes, space. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so that sets up. They're the villains in Superman Two. Oh, and I didn't even realize at the time watching this. I, I didn't realize how much time they actually spent setting up Superman Two. Yeah, I, exactly. I was like, why is this important? Like, let's just get to the, when the world's collapsing and he gets sent off. Right, like, because yeah. it was it, it goes on for a while, right? I know. He's talking yeah. to the three and they, yeah. int- they even say their names, Non, or I think it's Ursa and, and General Zod, right? Like, they say, mm-hmm. like, they really get into these characters. And I remember, I, I actually thought, I actually went and looked it up, say, is this some new version of the movie? Like, I don't remember as a kid <laughs> them spending that much time on that, which, of course, sets up Superman 2. Anyway. To your point, yeah, we got Marlon Brando, the big time actor. We got like three million dollars just to do that small role because they wanted really? a big actor uh, to oh do the Superman's God. father. I did think a little bit kind of interesting um, 
that you uh, Superman's mom plays very little role, right? Like it's no, it's yeah. all it's all the dad like talking to him. What he just decides she's we're sending like, the kid away, and she's yeah. just like, oh, she's uh, like she's just there. She's like, okay, yeah, I guess that's all right with me, right? Kind of yeah. interesting. Um, so uh, of course, everyone always wants to know why didn't Jor El just build a spaceship big enough for him for, and his wife yeah. to get in and go with him. I mean, my opinion on that, I for the story, I mean, obviously. Well, at least they do address it. I think he says, I pledge, he makes a pledge do to like the council. time or something? No, I think, I mean, I don't know, but he does make a pledge. So the, there's the, the council at Krypton who doesn't believe that the planet's going to blow up and somehow Jarrell makes a pledge that he will not leave. Um, <laughs> anyway, pretty quickly. Oh, I also, don't you think it's interesting too that Jarrell has an S on him? He's not. Yeah, I didn't know what that was. I mean, it's supposed to be the the Is sign. Is their family? Like? Yeah, it's supposed to be like their family crest, but I don't know why the House of L, of course, is Cal L. Is an S, but yeah. I guess different language. Kryptonian S yeah, means something. Knows, anyway, it's just kind of a coincidence. That's a little too much of a yeah. coincidence for me. Oh, yeah, me too. I, I, I was confused. Anyway, of course, planet explodes. Oh, guess what? Jarrell was right. Everybody dies. Um, what'd you think of that scene? I mean, I thought, again, the special effects were pretty well done, but, I mean, as a whole, I mean, I didn't really like that beginning scene with Krypton. Now, you knew Superman's origin, Yeah, Con? I did. I did. It took me, I kind of forgot it at first, but then when we kept going, I was like, yeah, I got it. He just gets sent off to Earth and finds the parents from the court. Right. Now, does it, doesn't he, like, sound like he, he says something in there about, like, they really mess with time in this movie, which I also didn't remember. I as hate much. the ending. Well, we'll, we'll get, get to there. that in a minute. But like he says something like you're gonna go like a thousand years away or something, and then, um, and then I think he went. He, he ages a few years, right? He's a baby, and then when he gets to Earth, he's like I don't know, three years old or something. Mm. Um, what do you think of that scene where the, the he crash lands and the Kents find him? I thought that was well done. See, that's where like I was like, okay, I can kind of get into this because I thought I thought it was a good scene overall. Yeah, I didn't remember them actually showing the kid completely naked. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like that's a real commitment to authenticity, right? Kid, couldn't he be wrapped in a they red were, Kryptonian diaper of some sort? They were probably like, I mean, we got to go all out in this. Like, this is it. All yeah, I don't. That's another scene that that struck. I was like, oh, you wouldn't see that today. No, you would, you would not, not see a naked four-year-old boy. I feel like. Yeah, how do you think that kid felt, man? Poor kid. Well, how do you think he felt? Well, now he's got to be, you know, 40 years old. But He's like, hey, yeah. Hey, I was a naked kid. In, uh, yeah, there's me. Right, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so then they fast forward to him being a teenager. And this is classic, um, you know, Superboy stuff. Clark Kent, teenager. I like that stuff. He's, uh, right, he's, he's into Lana Lang, but she runs off with the football player who kind of you know, knocks everything over and Clark's got to clean it up. Mm -hmm. um, and then he starts running super fast. And I like this scene because I thought the special effects are pretty good, right? When he's running through the cornfields and he actually races the train. Yeah. And I think about the Superman more, they always say Superman, um, you know, faster than a locomotive, mm. right? And you see it in the movie. They show him actually race the train. Um, I actually said that they had the worst special effects I've ever seen. So... <laughs> Say that again? With the train. I go, worst special effects I've ever seen with what? the train. Why did you say that? I just, I didn't think it looked good. With his feet running really fast? Nope. Uh, How do you think they even did that? I mean, <laughs> seriously. 
Oh, you're funny, Connor. All right. I didn't think it was bad, I but of course him, I'm used I to I give it. him credit, though, for trying. All right. Then what do you think about the... Um, the then he has that, that scene with his, his dad, his adopted dad, and his, where his dad tells oh. him, you know... Listen, son, you're here. You know, he punched the football like a million yards, and he's yeah. He this part I really like. I, I again, I didn't catch this as a kid. You know, Clark Kent is frustrated because he can do all these amazing things, but he's he's got to hide who he's he is. Hide it. Yep. And you actually sense that frustration in him, and his his stepdad says, "Son," and I remember this line: "Like, you know, son, you are here for a reason. If there's one thing I know, you are here for a reason." And then, of course, unfortunately, yeah, the hit, and then he just dies. And then he keels over and dies. Yeah. yeah. So really short. Kind uh, of a coincidence, but hey, it's okay. Poor Pa Kent does not get much. Uh, no, to do. but um, no one's superheroes' parents do. Right, they all, and then they uh, all die. Well, and I love, and then he says, you know, all these powers, and I couldn't even save him. And of course, that foreshadows the end yeah. of the movie that you've um, already talked about. Um, I said one more. Then we go to the um, the bar. He, he something draws him to the barn, and he finds his old. Cri- uh, his old ship, right? Yeah, his old ship. Yeah. Right. And then uh, he's got that really amazingly well-shot scene. It's like dusk in the cornfields, and he's saying goodbye to his mother. I mean, there's a really... Yeah, he's like, Ma, I have to go. Yeah. Not why, right? And she's nope. like, ah, well, we she's knew this... like, hey, it's okay. We knew this day yeah. would come. You know, it's fine. <laughs> um, anyway, a lot of setup to get to... Oh, know, that was like an hour in. I remember being yeah. like... It's an hour. I'm like, what? Yeah, the cornfield scene was like 30 minutes. Right, and then and then we're not done yet because then the next after the cornfields, <laughs> he he's walking job. through um, like the North Pole or something. Antarctica. Oh yeah, I, I don't totally know where. forgot about that. Right, <laughs> and, and like you wonder how he even got there. Right? Yeah, because he can't. <laughs> Why fly, can't he just fly? Right, well he can't fly yet. He doesn't know he can fly. Oh right, right. Yeah. Um, and he throws that little uh, little crystal thing, and suddenly, boom. The whole fortress of solitude. Oh, then he sees his dad. Yeah, yeah right. and then the dad starts telling him who he is, and then that's such a weird, almost trippy scene, where his dad is like teaching him things. Yeah, but he's dead. But he's dead, and it's and yet, like, is Clark Kent? Is this all happening in his mind, or is Clark Kent really out in space? Yeah, because I, I don't like. How would they have got that technology to Earth? Like, it could, it could be in his head. I assume it was in his head, but like in his mind, he kind of goes on this journey with his dad. Very strange, very trippy. But somehow, when he comes back, he's aged like five years. <laughs> it's a, yeah. it's a new actor. It's now Christopher Reeve, and he's in the Superman suit, and he literally flies off from the Force of Solitude. But big moment as we see Superman fly for the first time. Yeah, we're not going to ask any questions as to whether what happened in those five years, but. Hey. Yeah, well, we see, uh, you know, he apparently was learning all about the like 28 known galaxies or something that the dad says. Oh my God. Anyway, then we go into the Daily Planet. Uh, tell me what you thought about this because this is kind of, you know, dated now. The idea of the news, him working in the newspaper with the photographer and the reporters, you know. I mean, it didn't necessarily like bore me to death, but I didn't find it interesting. Okay. Um, you meet Jimmy Olsen, who says he makes, I thought it was interesting, he says he makes $40 a week as a <laughs> photographer. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, right? Yeah. Even in 1978, probably not a living wage. Nope. Um, and then you get the first scene where Superman, Clark uses his powers uh, when he and Lois are robbed in the alleyway. Yeah, then he saves her. Yeah. and I actually wrote him catching the bullet was really cool. Yeah, that was a cool scene, right? And you see him catch the bullet. Yeah. And Lois has no idea what's going on. Uh, what do you think about, like, goofy Clark Kent? 
is actually Superman. Like nerdy Clark Kent. I kind of I kind of vibed with him, to be honest. I, I liked it. Really? I like the goofy side of him. Yeah. Yeah, people always say that that's the disguise, right? It's not when he puts on the Superman right. suit. It's the Clark Kent persona that is a disguise. Yep. Uh, anyway, then we go and we get the... the now we meet um, uh, Lex Luthor and Otis. Oh, I was not a fan of Lex Luthor in this movie. Really? I thought he had some funny movies when he kept saying Miss Tessmacher, but other than Miss that... Miss Tessmacher! Yeah. Um, oh, first of all, you got Otis. I remember, again, being a comic guy and being like, who the F is Otis? <laughs> yeah, like, well, I mean, he, He's not a, like, why does poor Lex Luthor is the smartest guy in the world. Why is he surrounding himself with this idiot Otis? Who knows that? I mean, I, but you didn't, that didn't strike you as odd. I no, I didn't know who he was. I was like, who is this guy? And Luther. Yeah. I wasn't a whole fan of him. What about that scene though, where Otis, like, I did like the scene where Otis, like, um, go, they have a hidden layer in the subway tunnel. (laughs) <laughs> and then yeah. the cop tries to like follow Otis. Yeah. Do you remember what happens? And then then Lex Luthor presses the button and the cop gets like shoved out right in front of the train and dies. Oh uh, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking. Well, I thought that was a little bit. I mean, you don't see it, but I was like, wow, that was kind of brutal. <laughs> anyway, um, you got. Oh, and the same thing with Miss Tessmacher. Like, who is Miss Tessmacher? Why is she there? I guess she yeah, just for comedic route. Well, that's why Otis, I guess, is there. Yeah. And and I love Gene Hackman. Love Gene Hackman. Great, great uh, actor. And I'll show you some other, I think, the Poseidon Adventure and other movies I grew up with with Gene Hackman. But why he, the fact that he's not bald as Lex Luthor drove me nuts. Yeah, but they made Jesse Eisenberg freaking bald for Oh, this. that was the guy you were talking about before? No, that was, um, God, what, what, what was he Luthor in? Kevin Spacey was Luthor, wasn't he? No, in Man of Steel, the villain was Zod, or General... Oh, it was General Zod? Yeah. Okay, so that was... Anyway, um, and I know he is bald, like, at the end, and you see the hairpiece and stuff, but, like... It wasn't the same. No, Lex Luthor's gotta be bald. Yeah. I don't need Lex Luthor in a toupee, right? (laughs) That that drove me nuts. And the other thing, interesting, Miss Tessmacher, like, I again, maybe I didn't realize it because I watched it when I was five years old, she's, like, she's completely naked half the movie. Oh, yeah. She's wearing, like, nothing. I guess yeah. it was like, we got to put some sex appeal in this movie. I mean, this movie has it all, man. <laughs> but, I, yeah, I mean, didn't you think Miss Tessmacher's outfits were a little over the top? Definitely. I didn't really want to spring that up, but you did, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. Um, and then, again, yeah, his plot. He's into, he wants more real estate. Like, he's obviously already loaded. So, like, does he really need more real estate, you know? And, again, I remember as a kid being like, what the hell is real estate? Whenever it would cut to Luther, I was like, oh. And, yeah, and, again, I like Hackman. Anyway, um, then we go back to Metropolis, and um, we get Miss Lane getting in the helicopter. Conveniently, the helicopter goes off the rails and starts to crash, and then we get the quick change. Clark Kent. Yeah. What'd you think of that? Yes. Yep. I thought that was cool. I mean, it was definitely a good point in the movie where I was like, all right, this is kind of decent like enough because throughout the whole movie, I've been thinking like, this isn't that great. Good time to talk about John John Williams' score. 
Oh, the, the, the music score is amazing. It's amazing. And yeah. it's iconic. And you hear that Superman music. And they the way they do it when he quick changes into Superman and he flies on. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, here we go, right? Yeah, John Williams just does not miss, man. No, not there. Absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I didn't look it up. Pretty sure it is John Williams with the, with the score. Superman. Um, unbelievable. Um, let's see. And then... Uh, uh, the guy says, "Oh, that's a bad outfit." And then you know, <laughs> yeah. again, and it's something that you'd never see today. And then he flies up. Uh, of course, Lois Lane falls. He captures, he grabs her, and you got the classic, uh, "I got you, Miss." And she says, "You got me. Who's got you?" <laughs> that was a funny line. Yeah. So what? So what did you think of that that scene in those special effects? I remember thinking that they were better than the train, but still, <laughs> I mean. No, it's definitely impressive for 1978. I'm not going to like just hate on them because of what I've seen today. Like I've obviously I knew it was made in 1978 and I knew it wasn't going to be perfect. I actually thought they were pretty good for its time, especially yeah, in this do. scene. So this scene was good, I remember. And again, I'm guessing it's been remastered because it looks very good on HBO Max. Um and th- I think that's probably the best scene of the movie in all honesty. Um, you know, when he saves him, saves the helicopter, the crowd cheers and you kind of get that big, big moment. And then you have, you know, Superman flying around, um, you know, he goes in and, uh, helps a police, uh, chase on a boat and he stops a thief who's climbing a building and he saves a cat out of a tree, you know, uh, oh, the cat was, the cat seems funny. yeah, Yeah. Right. So, um, oh, and air force one, the plane, he goes and he, he he helps, oh, yeah, the he helps the plane like i mean no he's superman i get that and the pilot goes someone's like pilot uh, goes, who's helping us just yeah. fly that's it just fly <laughs> i like that line right what's going on out there just fly <laughs> and they're all just staring at him superman does a little wanna yeah this little i, I can't describe it salute yeah. yeah um anyway then we get the uh you know um uh, i think Lo- by the way lois lane's a terrible reporter because like when she goes to interview Superman, like she doesn't, she doesn't ask like, "Where do you come from? Who are you?" You know, uh, like she just, you know, starts asking him questions about himself. She's obviously intrigued by him. Mm-hmm. Um, he says he fights for truth, justice, in the American way, and says, "I never lie, Lois. I never lie." <laughs> What's up? No, you had to. That didn't uh, strike you as anything. Like, okay, he I just, never lie. She, what? She could have just asked, "Who are you?" Well, yeah, like, where do you come from? Who are you? Exactly. exactly yeah. So there could have been more there. Um, then they get the flying scene that we talked about, with the can you read my mind music, and it just goes on forever and ever and ever. <laughs> it did go on for a, a freaking long time. Yeah, and I remember you as a kid being so bored by that scene. I, that's when I would go to the this bathroom. This movie was too long. I'll say that. Two hours, 30 minutes. I felt it. Yeah, I think it I had like three sittings well there's not a ton of action scenes that's why right so you get that anyway then somehow luther figures out that the kryptonite is gonna kill superman i don't know how he figures that out but he decides he's gonna go he get he sees like luther he's the smartest person ever he sees like on the news that a meteorite fell he's like let's get that meteorite that's gonna stop superman and um uh anyway then he sends a message out to superman and superman comes to confront him and we get kind of the climax of the movie lex pulls his kryptonite trick and um you know sort of throws superman into the pool and then of course he's saved by the real hero of the movie 
Oh, Miss no, Tess I do Marker. remember that. Oh. I do. And she kissed him, right? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I got it. You forget. You forgot that. Uh, you remember the kiss. That's so embarrassing. Yeah, Miss Tessmacher, like, turns good, saves Superman. As she should. Good for her. And, like, yeah, kisses him and says something like, why can't I ever meet guys like you? And Superman is off to stop the two nuclear missiles that... Um, uh, I maybe they're not nuclear missiles. End the world. Yeah. So he sends one east. So in a way to kind of get Superman, he sends one east, one west. But this is a big part of the movie. Miss Tessmacher, before saving him, makes him promise that he will save her mother in like Pittsburgh or something <laughs> first. So he, so because Superman never lies, he has to leave Lois on the west coast somehow. Which I'm not even sure how Metropolis is on the west coast, but I guess it is in this movie. Um. He has to go save the one missile, which he kind of diverts into space. And then he is too late to get out west. The Golden Gate Bridge is destroyed. The Hoover Dam is destroyed. Lois is... Um, she dies. Connor gets right to the point. Lois is <laughs> caught in the earthquake. And, um, you know, that part is a little bit dramatic because you're waiting for Superman I to save I think her. she was going to die, yeah. Yeah, so I what did like, you think? I was like, it? how are we going to save her? Then when she actually died, I was like, all right. Um, okay. I guess she's dead. And then he freaking goes to time travel. Like, that's the most BS stuff ever. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, so I, I hated this scene as a kid, too. It always bothered me. Because well, I think what it shows you is, like, it's just, there's no, if, first, if Superman can do that, then nothing's a challenge. Yeah, exactly. Right? It, what was the whole point of the movie? Then? Right. There's almost no point to the whole movie. I agree with you 100%. I didn't like it at the time. But you do remember his father had told him that that, that this is forbidden and you know symbolically this is superman choosing his new life his his life on earth his relationship with lois over his kryptonian heritage and he's deciding he's going to go all in to save um you know lois and planet earth so it, but i agree with you it was just kind of lame the way it all happened you could have done it a different way come on you can't think of anything else but time travel like well you marvel movies had to resort to time travel well, Endgame was different. Why is it different? Because it's a culmination of like 28 movies. And how else were they all going to save the freaking... I don't know. I didn't like it. I'll tell died. you the truth. I didn't like it when they started time traveling in Endgame. Time travel to me is a very convenient... Okay. No, I, I do get it. But Endgame makes up for it in the biggest ways. <laughs> I mean, it's great. Anyway, I do have one question though. If, Lo- if he turns time back to go save Lois, what happened to the other missile... That he saved, that he actually stopped. Exactly. There's so many plot holes with time travel. You just can't. Right. Like if he went back in time, then that missile, he never saved. He never stopped that missile. I don't know. You could think about it for a million yeah. years. But I wondered like, wait a second. All the good he did is undone by the time travel, right? Along with Lois's death. Mm. Anyway, it's a cheesy ending. Time travel. Definitely. Um you know, and then, uh, you know, they have the moment where Lois says, like, uh, and Jimmy noticed that, oh, Clark's never around when Superman's around. Yeah, Isn't that, that was funny. I guess. And then yeah. Superman flies off into space. We hit the score, Superman music, you know, and uh, and, and, and scene. Yeah. And uh, and that was, you know, the first superhero blockbuster, Con. So overall, overall thoughts and ranking. Um, overall, pretty decent for its time, you know, started this whole superhero phase. I could definitely respect it, but I'd probably never watch it again unless it's with, like, someone who's never seen it, maybe, and they just are interested. 
Um, I, I rated it a 7.5 when I watched it. And I said for its time, it's a solid 7.5. I'd probably stick with that. You know, That's a good rating for you. Yeah. Is that uh, a borderline top 100 movie? 7.5, no. You got to be in the 8s to be in the 100. 8s are hard. Um, 7.5 is decent. It's not... It's like pretty... It, 7.5 is like on the verge of really good, pretty good. All right. Because I so give, it, like I give it extra points for it being a classic and stuff like that. Yeah. I will tell you, I actually, again, I told you I was very young when this came out. I actually would have almost rather done Superman 2 for the podcast. That movie I have much more of a, an affinity for because it was, you know, I was more of a... Lawyer time. Yeah. You know, I was probably 10 or 11 when that came out right in my wheelhouse. And I think it's a far superior movie. There's a lot more action. Gotcha. You also get the super powered villains. Ooh. You know, so spoiler, you get those three um, criminals who wind up on Earth. So now you got Superman fighting three Kryptonians who have the same powers. That's, yeah. that's more... Right. So it's a little bit more um, fun, I think. Anyway... Uh, but I thought you had to watch the original first. I, I will get to Superman two at some point cool. uh, because it is, I think, again, a bigger piece maybe of my personal childhood. But you had to do Superman first. Um, okay. Any other thoughts before we wrap up on Superman Con? Nah. Let's let's wrap it up. All right. So um, that'll do it for Superman, and uh, we're gonna move on and talk about. We we saw a couple other movies. Um, yeah, we saw two big ones. Two big ones. Well, I don't know. One really big one. Do you consider Dungeons and Dragons a a big movie? No. No. I I was just kind of trying to get these audiences excited. You were trying to put the hype train? put the hype in there. Come on. Yeah. uh, We saw Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, and of course we saw Guardians of the Galaxy 3, um, which we'll talk about in a second. So let's get to Dungeons and Dragons first briefly. Again, another decent, solid movie that I would probably... I would watch that one again. Actually, it's just a fun movie. It's it was fun. fun. So let, let's let's tell the story with that. I I wanted to go see Dungeons and Dragons. I thought it looked funny. I laughed at some of the previews. Oh, you did more than laugh. Yeah, I, <laughs> I love the scene with the skeleton with the five <laughs> questions. You no, have that's five, funny. Yeah, you have, I didn't. Yeah, you have five questions, and then and then you know the uh, why did you ask him that? Like, wait, that doesn't does that count as a question? All that anyway. I thought it was kind of Monty Python-esque, but I thought that was funny. Um, so I – normally it's Connor saying to me, Dad, we got to go see this movie. I was like, Con, let's go see Dungeons & Dragons. Mm-hmm. And I, I did get him to go. I think I liked it more than you did. Um, Yeah, I'd say so. But still, I, th- I thought it was a pretty enjoyable movie. I'm glad we went to go see it in the movie theater. Yeah, it's a fun experience. Okay, that's about all we have to say about Dungeons & Dragons, uh, Honor Among Thieves. The beginning was really funny too. Without. Which scene was that? The whole plot where he's like, where is this guy? Like, And then he shows up at the end, and then they get him out of jail. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the whole story of him. He's right like telling the story. By the way, where is, uh, where is this guy? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was funny. Oh, he wears the judge. Right. The, the judge yeah. who was supposed to be his friend. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, funny movie. Um, Chris Pond Interesting choice to play it, honestly, as a comedic movie. You would think someone would make Dungeons and Dragons a big adventure movie, but no, they played it. I feel like they took interest from Marvel with all their comedic elements. Oh, it's definitely a lot more comedic than Marvel ever was. Okay. I think. Some um, of the Marvel movies are really comedic. So two things. One is, of course, I, uh, the writer slash producer, I don't know what he did, but one of the creators of that movie is John Francis Daly from Freaks and Geeks, one of my favorite shows of all time. Oh, you said that. Yep. Yeah. And so I kind of like that. And there's an episode of that show where they play Dungeons and Dragons, which is kind of funny. Um, of course, he plays the nerdy kid from the 80s. And then um, I was talking about the Saturday morning cartoons 
the old Dungeons and Dragons cartoon, the characters have a cameo in the movie, which is kind of cool. I tried to point it out to Connor. I don't know that you would have recognized them, but the cartoon characters are in the movie in sort of live action. So that was kind of cool for them to do too. Um, fun movie. All right. Oh, but yeah, l- right. let's move on to Guardians 3, which of course... Which uh, is the really big one. Right. And Connor, this was the one Connor was like, Dad, we can we go like opening day to see Guardians 3? I see... I went in with super high expectations and I came out thinking really good, but I, you know, I thought it was going to be better. But as time went on, I think it's amazing. I, I like, I love it. What, like, what a way to end some of the, like when they're just playing the songs and they're just all walking, it's, I love, I loved it. I mean, um, Spoilers um, for Guardians 3. Uh, so if you haven't seen it and you want to maybe come back later, that's fine. Mm. Um, what a soundtrack this movie had, man. Holy. Yeah, I didn't like it as much as the first one. Oh, the first one's movie. definitely the best soundtrack. Yeah. But uh, but still. I hear you. Uh, so uh, it's interesting you say, I, there is one piece I agree with you with. I left the theater being like, oh, that was all right. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. And the more I think about it, the more I'm like, oh, it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I do also... I, I've come to kind of like it more the more I sort of sit with it. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to watch it again. I would definitely yeah. watch this one again. There are some really good moments. Really good dramatic Let's say moments. This. There are some really good moments. I think J- um, James Gunn sticks the ending. Oh, he does more than stick it. Yeah, yeah, like I think the ending is great. You know, one of the weird things now with the, with the Marvel that we're in is you're at this point where you know, these actors have been playing these characters for 10, 15 years. Yeah, how long can they play them? Right. So, like, you got to say goodbye to Drax. You got to say goodbye to Gamora. You know, it sounds like maybe we'll see a little more Star-Lord, which is great. Mm -hmm. But, like... Mantis? I don't think so. um, Right. No, Mantis is... Was she not with the new Guardians at the end? I forget. Oh, maybe she was. I thought she was. I thought she was, too. Yeah, so, you know... um, you got to figure out how you're going to say goodbye to those characters. And I think that he does a really good job of doing that. Uh, so yeah, some really good with some of the fight scenes, really good. Some funny moments, you know, look, obviously the rocket stuff, um, just devastating, disturbing. Yeah. I thought, I actually thought, you know, my criticism was that, that like we, we got the point on rocket. I, I thought they could have cut that. Talk about a movie that was a little bloated at two and a half hours. I could have done with fewer rocket abusive rocket flashbacks cut a lot to like some of the same stuff like there was a lot of just rockets getting abused here's his friends stuff like that you said they cut it no they cut like oh, they, cut they would show it. yeah they would show rocket and they would just cut back to one of his like they would show rockets like like in a coma or whatever he was in right 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 um yeah i i just i didn't need quite as much rocket abuse not that you know, I couldn't handle it or I thought that it was, you know, gratuitous, although maybe in some ways it was. It's just in terms of serving the story, like I got the point. Is that in the comics? That his backstory? Yeah, high evolutionary, everything. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know that those like three yeah. friends of his are. But point is like we get the point. He's He was, you know, a, a, a raccoon that was experimented on by the high evolutionary and he became who it was. I did, and, and obviously there's no love lost. I just felt like there was a bit much, and if we could have cut ten minutes out of it, I feel like the movie might have been paced a little. I better. did. F- I, I kind of agree with you, but kind of don't at the same time because I feel like the ending to his story, where he like just scratches the high evolution, it was so earned. So I feel like maybe if they cut some of that out, it wouldn't feel as earned. I don't know. It's a good point. It's fair. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, and and also part, you know, Rocket is such a good supporting character. So to make him it's the good focus, to make him the main character. The only other thing I didn't like about the movie is Rocket spends the whole. We get a lot yeah, of Rocket in flashbacks. Exactly, he's out the whole movie. He's in a coma the whole movie. I was really upset about yeah, that. Yeah, so you don't get as much of Rocket as we like. Groot was also a little bit more behind the scenes in this movie. Yeah, um, who was good? What did you think of the end where you actually hear Groot Groot speak? I actually heard that. Like, um, did you hear what James Gunn said about that? Um. I don't know if I heard what he said, but he said since like we've been with these characters, we can now understand what Groot says, and that's why we were understanding, and that's how why they didn't react like in such like oh wow you're speaking this now, right right. So in it. other words, right they can understand Groot because they get to know and become friends with Groot, and so now and we, so now the audience are, also that's pretty cool. I definitely got, I did get it that Groot wasn't actually speaking, but that. We were, I, even when we were watching it, I understood we were understanding Groot. I didn't understand, I didn't think exactly why to that point that you mm-hmm. just said. Um, but I did get it in the movie. Like, oh, wow, we're understanding what Groot says for the first time. I thought that was a really cool detail. Yeah. And James Gunn just hits everything. Yeah. I, I'm, I really can't wait to see what he does with DC. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's, What's his first DC movie? Superman know? Legacy. Really? Yeah. Is it Henry Cavill again? Nope. New Superman? Yep. Has it been cast? No. No? I think they're filming in the start of 2024, which I heard, so they got to cast someone soon. Maybe they're keeping it under wraps. I Interesting don't know. he's going... Like, him and Superman... He wrote, he's wrote it, and he's going to direct it. Like, James Gunn and Superman do yeah. not... Superman's such a... Exactly. Vanilla, you know... Um, I'm interested to see what he does. Yeah, a Boy Scout of a character, you know, and James Gunn, you know, even in Suicide Squad, like, he's a lot more with the sort of outcasts. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of very interesting that, that his first DC movie will be Superman. But I'm very interested to see where that goes. Yeah. What's it called? Superman Legacy. I wonder if it's going to be like some of the legacy characters like Superboy or Supergirl or some of that. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. It's going to launch the whole new DCEU or whatever they're calling it. So right. I'm interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that uh, DC needs a universe. So Yeah. Um, that is exciting. Anyway, so that's Guardians. Um well, it looks like we're getting close to an hour. What else, uh, Con? Is there anything else you saw that you want to talk about? Oh, let me see. Um, no. I think those are the only two movies we saw. Yeah. I haven't been watching much TV. I know. I still not. haven't finished Mandalorian, which is bad. I oh, got to watch it. Yeah, was you it good? To. Yeah. I thought it was good. You yeah, got to finish Mandalorian. I feel bad we can't talk about that. Yeah, I finished it. Um, so you're right. Yeah, you got to get on that. It has been a busy time for all of us. Um, what do we say? We did say that in the summer, you know, school ends in a few weeks. Yeah, And we're going to try and commit to doing an episode every two weeks, right? We're going to try. Try our best. Yeah, we got a lot of eyes. So if you have other movies you want us to do, we get a lot of emails. You know, people like do Karate Kid and do Back to the Future and... You know, we're trying to make those the big episodes. Empire though, Strikes right? Back, like they're, these are they're classics, and we'll do them at some point. But I, I'm right now, I'm a little more interested in sort of delving deeper into the bag of tricks and finding some stuff Connor's either not seen or stuff that I can sort of get a reaction out of him. Um, mm-hmm. You know that that we haven't seen before. I've seen the Cry Kid a million times. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, and I love Karate Kid. Oh. If I did my top 100 movies, Karate Kid would be in the top 10 probably. <laughs> Karate Kid's not, amazing. I yeah. love Karate Kid. To, you know, um, uh, uh, probably un, 
unjustifiably I like Karate Kid so much. Like it's probably I, I think it's a better movie than it is because it was such a big part of my growing up. And we're growing up with it again with Cobra Kai. Right, right, right. So anyway, we you know and and Back to the Future stuff like that. Um, in fact, we're going to see the Back to the Future musical in, in a couple. Months. Oh yes, excited for right, that. The, the Broadway, Broadway. Play, right? Yeah. So we we love all those Goonies. Like we love all those classics, and we'll get to oh, them. Goonies but is probably your favorite movie. Ever. I love the Goonies. Yeah, all these movies that I love. But because I love them so much, I've made Connor watch <laughs> them his entire life. Yeah. So we will get to them at some point. But I would like. I'm really kind of trying to find some of the more obscure stuff that I can revisit and that Connor hasn't seen before. So um, any other suggestions or ideas, please send them along. Um, you can email us, of course, at beforemepodcast at gmail.com or come post them on the Facebook page, uh, My Father Before Me. One other plug we have to do, Con, you did a podcast guest appearance on another show. I did Marvel Plus with Brett Scott. That was a really good time. Yeah. Thanks, that's- Brett. That um, so, how did it feel to go and be like a podcast? Guest? I know, right? It was so crazy. I was like, man, am I like famous now? Like, <laughs> am I known in the podcast world? Uh, the answer is no, but uh, but <laughs> obviously, I Dad, it was just a joke. I appreciate that you were thinking that. Um, no, it was really cool to do though. And yeah, that, it was awesome. Yeah, and um, I, th- I thought that was great. You, you did a great job on it. it was fun to watch, and, and yeah. that's a really good guy and a uh, really good podcast, Marvel Plus. Um, and I'm sure you can find Connor's episode out there if you if you search for it. Um, so then the last thing we do before oh, so I, I want to do your top 100 movie uh-huh. thing. But Guardians three, where does it fall? Because Connor, of course, oh, also I has put it in. he has a full Marvel movie ranking. So tell us where Gar where you have put Guardians three. Do you want 3. with the movies and shows? No, or forget, just forget the shows. Okay, just movies alone. I have it. Number 12. And that's pretty high. Wow. Number 32 movies. Number 12. So that's in between what two movies? Ant-Man is 13. Maybe a little high for some people. I love Ant-Man though. And then Winter Soldier is 11. Wow. So in between Winter Soldier and Ant-Man. Two very different movies. Where's Guardians 2? I think Guardians 2 is pretty underrated. I have it at 17. And where's So you like this one better. I th- I'd have to agree with you. Mm-hmm. Where's Guardians 1? Nine. All right. So approaching Guardians 1. That sounds yeah. about right, Con. i got to be honest. Yeah. I'd love to poke some holes in your rankings there, but that <laughs> sounds about right. I mean, I could go on. I mean, I might have it a couple thing. spots lower maybe. What's, you have a ranking with the shows. Just curious. What is your top rated show? Loki? Uh, yeah. And what number does Loki come in? In the whole MCU, I have Loki at 12. Oh, gosh, that's way yeah. too high. You're going to have to revisit <laughs> I that. I love Loki. I know. Come on. You're going to have to revisit oh that. Oh, my God. All right, fine. All right, so to end the show, uh, we pick a number, and Connor's going to tell us what movie on his top 100 list hits the number. Yep. I need, like, a random number generator. Okay. But I'll come up with one. Oh, okay. All right. What did we do last time? 90-something? You did straight 50. We did? Yeah, and it was Avatar 2. Straight 50. Okay. Uh, let's go a little higher this time. Let's go 34. Marvel's The Avengers 2012. The original Avengers. Yep. 34th best movie of all time. No, my favorite. Sorry. It's not the best. No, that's fair. Yeah. yeah 34th. Different, different things. Of your favorite. Yeah. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. yeah. The Avengers. Uh, you have no idea, though. What? I told the story of this on Marvel Plus when you took me to see it. Oh, yeah? 
you said, let me and Chris want to go see it. Chris, my brother, older brother. And you were like, all right, let me go see it and I'll see if it's good. And we were like, 2012, I was five. And then you were like, yeah, it's good. So it was the first Marvel movie I ever saw in the theater. Yeah, you were always a little mature for the movies. Like you yeah. were, Connor was always into movies, always. You know, like um, DVD collections when he was young. <laughs> Every Christmas, he'd get like 20 DVDs. Like it was always his big thing. He loved movies. Um, and it, it became pretty clear right off the bat that like the cartoon, like some people would say, you can't take your kids to see this because the kind of the cartoon violence never even bothered you in the least. You just kind of went with it. I just, yeah. yeah. Um, so Avengers was the first one you saw in the theater. I can't tell you what it's like. So it's actually a good bookend to this episode. So we talked a little about Superman, the movie. Mm-hmm. And even with like the 1989 Batman and and the original Spider-Man, like the movies we had from that point, the 70s, the 80s, even the 90s, for me, being the superhero fan who started watching Super Friends as a five-year-old, four or five-year-old on Saturday mornings, it always felt so lonely to me that we'd have like a superhero movie and they never interacted with these other superhero characters. And so for us to get the Avengers when we yeah. got the Avengers, after getting solo movies of Captain America, Thor... Iron Man, and then you're bringing them all together, and it's the freaking Avengers together on screen fighting Loki, and and it was, it was just just a a thirty year payoff of being a, a superhero movie fan. Uh, I can't say enough about the Avengers, um, what it sort of meant to me to, to in cinema to bring all those characters together like that it was really amazing. It's kind of cool, Dad. Nice nice little moment. Thanks. I'm glad you appreciate it, Connor. Anytime. All right. On that note, <laughs> I think we can wrap up unless there's anything else you'd like to talk about. Nah, man. We covered a lot. Yeah. Approaching the hour mark. All right, good. Well, let's call it a day. Until next time, I'm Brian Perillo. I'm Connor Perillo. Thanks for listening to My Father Before Me.